Welcome to another week of the Burmuir podcast and I think the topic on our minds this week is inconsistency, inconsistency, inconsistency. Absolutely Simon, I mean it is so desperately frustrating. Frustrating for us, for the supporters, but also desperately frustrating for the players and for the coaches. I mean it's, I don't know, I I can't explain it. Um... You know, speaking to Sean Crombie after the match, and Sean is very honest, and he, he tells it as it is. And he was saying it's 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 all in the mind. It's you know, players not taking responsibility for things like ball retention. You you know, Sean's view was: you take the ball into contact, you retain the ball. We weren't doing that enough, but we did so well against Hawks the previous week. Yeah, I mean it. It seems to be that it must be, the, the, or certainly the only explanation I can come up with is that it must be something mental, that the players put in a great performance and then just don't have the mindset to, to carry that forward and to, to put the, the, the right sort of effort in, into doing the same things and maybe take a little for granted that they just will do the same things. You're implying a level of complacency there and... and Certainly the performance on Saturday looked complacent. Um, I mean, with, well, I don't know, I wasn't clock watching, but with 10 or 15 minutes to go, we had a penalty which we put to touch on the Heriot's five metre line. We were 12-3 up. For all the world, it looked as though we were going to kill the game. And yet, we managed to turn the ball over, then give away a penalty. Heriot's kicked up to halfway... I think we actually turned the ball over from Heriot's line-out and then gave away a penalty. Heriot's kicked into the corner. We turned the ball over, then gave away a penalty, and then Heriot scored a try. You know, in two or three moves, we allowed the length of the pitch and score when, frankly, we had every opportunity to kill the game. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example of, of what I was getting at. I think we just... Weren't switched on, and I, and I don't. I'm not saying that they're being willfully complacent. You know, no, I, it's not a conscious thing. I'm sure. You know, but I, I do think that that creeps into our game. And you look at probably our two best performances of the season were Aki's and Hawks. And the following weeks um, after each, we've had very, very disappointing defeats. Yeah, I think that that is true, and I'm sure you're right. It's not a conscious thing. I don't think any of the players sort of go out there thinking, oh, we're going to win this, this is easier, anything like that. But I do think there's a mental toughness missing. Um, you know, some of the players seem to have it, but perhaps not all. You know, it was interesting interviewing Sean and Fergus after the game when Sean very much made the point, we can't use the excuse of we're a young team. Um, Fergus did say, well, you know, we've got a lot of inexperience and we've got to learn how to win these types of games. I think they're probably both right. Um, yeah, I, I think there is an argument both ways. You know, we do have a young side, but we do also have a side that's actually got a lot of Premier One rugby under its belt. Mm. You know, um, and I think it's from my point of view, it's time in this team's evolution that they do start winning these games. Not that they should still be learning. I think that's absolutely true. I think it is now time to push on for the team. I mean, we've shown that we have talent in abundance. 
we've shown that we can score and score well, but we've also shown that you know we can just go asleep. We can just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hesitate <laughs> to say not bother, but just yeah, not bother. Um, and it's so frustrating as well because for half an hour in the first half we were under the cosh. We didn't concede a point. Yeah, you know the defence was absolutely superb. We we forced them into mistakes, and you know we, we were really on the ball, even though we were making mistakes in attack ourselves. And then we carried that on through the next twenty five minutes of the second half. But then, right at the end, when it really mattered, twelve three up to fifteen twelve down. Yeah, you know, they, they they scored two tries, which I think the coach was very disappointed with. I think the players will be very disappointed with as well. I mean, you know, there's... I mean... There's no explanation in my mind as to why we can't perform two weeks on the run. You know, this... this The only word you could use to describe Muir's season would be inconsistent. And, you know, we are safe. We have made it into the top eight. And obviously that's the target. But... Eighth isn't good enough. Not with this team. Yeah, I think um, Ali Davidson addressed that point in an interview after the match when he said, "That's what we did last year." Exactly. You know, he was saying, you know, personally, he doesn't have that many years left. He wants to push on towards the British and Irish Cup and get a taste of that. And I honestly felt before Saturday that, you know, that was, if not a certainty, it was an outside possibility at least. But we had to win the last two games, and. Yeah, it's it's going to take a hell of a second half of the season for us for us to start thinking that. Again, Fergus made the point: string three or four games together, but there's no sign of doing it. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Well, after the game on Saturday, I spoke to both Ali Davidson and Ian Moody, neither of whom were in a particularly good mood after the defeat. <laughs> Having led for so long in, in that match, it must be difficult to take losing it at the end. Uh, thoroughly disappointing. Just going, we didn't turn up today. We just threw ourselves at it, but it just didn't work as it did last week. It, it seemed that losing ball in contact was a particular problem. Yeah, we had a little chat about that at the end. There's a few boys holding their hands up, going, taking it in on, them, on their own. We didn't have the intensity that, as we did last week, going, getting backed up. Where we were just Looking on the bright side, at least we are guaranteed to be to be in Premier A and we're safe from from the relegation. Yes, but we did that last year. We always want to look forward to the higher. That's you. I, I haven't got many years left in me, and I wouldn't mind getting that British and Irish Cup at some point. So it, it certainly makes next week at Aberdeen a must-win if we have ambitions to climb up the table. It's you know, it's a must-win. We have to go up there, but then. The mindset, as we did last week, going right, we have to go in for the win, just to put us in the right position for uh, for the second half of the table. Thanks very much. Cheers. Ian, on a personal level, you scored a good try today, but collectively it was disappointing. Yeah, it was uh, it's a decent try, but on the overall, I'd rather take the win than score a try, to be honest. But... Hard, hard one to take today. And after having played so well last week against Glasgow Hawks, how frustrating is the inconsistency that we seem to be showing? 
I think it was just a different buzz around today. We should have been we kind of lacking in the warm-up, but that's uh, it's no excuse really. We should really bring the tempo ourselves, and it's hard to take today. Just the inconsistency of the team, really. Yeah, like you say, we just lack tempo and lacked urgency, like we did against Hawks and rubber the green and stuff against Hawks as well. Kind of helped us out today. We just didn't get it and that cost us at the end. Um, we turned over a lot of ball at the breakdown. That, that must be worrying. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, just really got to sort out. Get, go get training and sort that out because we can't we can't go into games turned over that much ball and trying to expect a win out of it, especially it's set piece of line out as well, which was really. A, Disappointing for us today. I'm sure the boys will be anxious to win at Aberdeen next week and go into the split on a good note. Yeah, that's the main aim. We target these two games and try and get a bit higher in the split so we can try and compete at the end of the end of the season. But uh, we've got to really go after Aberdeen and show up and get the five points and come back home. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. Moving on to the league as a whole, we've still got a game to go before the split to Premier, Premier A and Premier B, but the bottom four were decided on Saturday. Um, do we see any of those four teams being able to get into the top two in Premier B? Well, I think the first thing to say, Simon, is that when we sat down at the beginning of the season, as I'm sure most people did, and thought about who's likely to be in the bottom four, Two of the teams that are down there we could have predicted and did predict, Hoyk and Edinburgh Academicals. Two of the teams that are down there <laughs> I'm gobsmacked. Yeah, I mean I, I had Sterling and Aberdeen fairly squarely nailed on to, to, to go down. But to to see Glasgow Hawks and Harriet's there, you know, I mean I'm very surprised. Having seen the rugby they're playing, I'm not that surprised, even though Harriet's beat us. But I'm very surprised that they're in the bottom four. Can they survive? Do you know what? I'd say if any one of those teams can survive, it could just be Hoyk. It's the sort of daft thing Hoyk will go and do and turn it round. I I think it was very telling that they went to Millbrae at the weekend and lost by only two points to it. It it, it does show a sense of fight starting to, to kind of... Showing them, but I mean, I know when you'd spoken with some of the Hawks players the week before, they'd said, "Oh, this is it. Our season starts here now." Well, no, it didn't. Yeah, they, they were pretty squarely. I mean, thirty-four-eight at home against them. Yeah, one of the things is... that impressed me about Harriet was we were stood just behind the goal where Sean scored the try to put Muir twelve-three ahead, and Graham Wilson was. He was having a quiet word with his colleagues and impressing upon them that they needed to make a little more effort. He bollocked them. He gave them a great bollock in and it seemed to work. And that... I have not seen that spirit too often from Harriet in recent years. Um, But in all honesty, I'd be surprised if more than one team survived into the top two. And looking at Premier 2 and the way a number of teams in Premier 2 are on real form and on real momentum, I think all four of them could go down. I think that's certainly possible. I think it was uh, something that Graham Wilson said again after the game was, was that, as Hawks had, that, that after last week when they were confirmed in, mm-hmm. in the bottom four, they, they got together and, and they decided that they had to start again, start new, put everything behind them. And I think there was evidence of that fight in Harriet's Yes, there was. 
and you look at their lineup, and there really should be the talent there that they shouldn't be in trouble. You know, players like Graham Wilson and Colin Gaudi are outstandingly talented. Indeed, they've got players. some some great but talent. But no. I, I have my suspicions the same as you. I don't think Harriets will will make no. it out. I don't think Hawks will make it out. If um, I had to predict, I would say all four teams will be in Premier Two next year. I think certainly looking at the teams who are who are going to be with them in Premier B. I mean, it's going to be Stuart Smelville are confirmed, and then three of Watsonians, Hamilton, Jed Forrest and Selkirk, who are all within three points of each other going into the final game. That's going to be a tremendous round of games. <laughs> it really is. Um, I mean, Stumel lost their first game of the season when Watson's turned them over. Watson's having had an absolutely dreadful start to the season, really now seem to be on a run of form. And if I look at probably the nine contenders in Premier B, in as much as that Watson's Hamilton, Jed and Selkirk, three of those four are going to be in there. But if you look at all the nine teams, I think the four te- form teams are Stu Mell and Watson's. I think I'd have to agree, you know. Um, I think Stu Mell, the way they've destroyed that league yeah. effectively, are probably the favourites to, to come up from Premier B. The only question I would have about both Stu Mell and Watson's Premier B is going to be played over the winter months. Do the pretty teams have the guts to slog it out when they that, need to? That's a fair point. That's maybe where Jed Selkirk and Hoyk um, come to the fore. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't overly surprise me if it was two borders clubs came up. But come on, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Pick your two teams who will be in Premier 1 next season. Stu Mell and Selkirk. Okay. And I think it'll be... I think it'll be Watsons and Hoyt. Excellent. Okay, we'll record that <laughs> and uh, keep a note of it. Well, as we mentioned earlier, after the match on Saturday, I spoke to Graham Wilson about Harriet's deserved win. Graham, that must have been a good feeling to win just at the end there. We're just delighted to get a win. We've obviously been going through a pretty bad spell, lost a few in the draw, and it's just good to get a win under our belts and hopefully get a bit of belief back in the squad. Certainly, from your point of view, you know you had a lot of the game, you had a lot of territory. It must feel like you deserved the, the points today. Yeah, I think we've, we've come off and we did feel that we deserved that win. Um, we did seem to dominate possession and territory, but we just until then we couldn't really find that cutting edge. So you get over the line, we'd get close, and there's quite a few sort of either individual errors or turnovers and credit to Barrymuir they defended really well but as I say we're just delighted that we did get that try in the end and we're able to sneak the victory thanks very much yeah cheers cheers one player who wasn't available for Barrymuir on on Saturday was, was Harry Leonard because he'd made his first start for Edinburgh on Friday night against Leinster at Murrayfield and although Edinburgh lost the game by all accounts Harry played very well did himself a lot of justice and from a bottom your point of view it's always good to see a player step up and, and get that chance of course it is I mean Harry started last season in our second team and both you and I had cinema training and thought oh, I got like it looks good you know um, after a few weeks he was getting coming off the bench for the ones by mid-season he'd, he'd forced his way into the team and it was quite obvious that the guy has a tremendous amount of talent and a very very cool head, a very good rugby brain 
Um, you know, he's been out to New Zealand over the summer. Although he spent part of the time injured, he's got a lot of valuable experience. And this season, you know, he's come off the bench a few times from Edinburgh. And uh, they've seemed fit to give him a start. And quite frankly, he just did not look out of place. Yeah, and, and that's up against uh, Sexton as well. Yeah. Who's you know, an international class standoff. And he didn't look overawed. He didn't look, as you say, out of place. And you know, he, he looked like he belonged, frankly. Yes, he did. And it was interesting listening to what he was saying after the game. Because he was at... Golden Acre on Saturday and it was interesting to listen to what he was saying he was saying that you know it's true it's a big step up in terms of physicality and in terms of speed and that there is much less time to make a decision playing at the professional level but he also was honest enough to point out but making a decision is somewhat easier because you have many more options there's more runners there's more support players there's more people in good positions. So whilst you've got less decision-making time, you've got more decision-making options, you're not isolated or stranded. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely a good point, that the off-the-ball running in professional rugby is just a, a different game from, from, from the, kind of the, the semi-professional and amateur world. I think the moment that kind of crystallised to me that Harry definitely had something that could go to that level of the game was the Hoik match earlier this season you know it was a it was a foul day it was the sort of rugby that you don't expect a player of Harry's talents to flourish in mm. you know he's, he's very much a a flair player a silky standoff no. if you like yeah but it was it was a horrible day it was a very tight game he's a young man and he kicked three superb yeah, penalties and won the game for us absolutely and that's the sort of you know, if he is going to make a career out of rugby, and I strongly believe he will, then they're the sort of days that he has to cope with. You know, we all know Harry can play on dry pitches when the sun's shining, um, but he has to do that, and, and he has shown this season that he can do that. And certainly he showed on, on Friday night that, you know, pull on that uh, Edinburgh shirt and he just looked, he'd look part of the team. He didn't look like the new boy or anything like that. He looked part of the team. I'm not saying you know he was a world beater and he should be in the Scotland team next week or anything like that. But he just looked like a good player who's learning his trade. Obviously, works hard, and you know he looks so like he's got a tremendous future. Well, as Mark mentioned, Harry was down at Golden Acre on Saturday, and we caught a word with him after the game about his debut. Harry, you weren't involved in today's game because you started for Edinburgh against Leinster last night. How did you, how did you feel it went for you? Um, yeah, personally, it was a first starting debut, so really enjoyed it and um, massive occasion for myself. Obviously, some some big players back playing in, in that in the, for Edinburgh and for Leinster. So yeah, an incredible experience for me. Collectively as a team, it was very disappointing to come so close but not even come away with nothing. We come away with anything. We didn't even get a, a losing bonus point because we didn't win with it, lose within seven. So um, yeah, the, the boys were pretty disappointed after the game but one moment in particular stood out for you a little chip through which set up a try yeah well I think I'd, I'd have to give that to Matty Scott to be honest because I looked up and thought oh, I might have to carry this and suddenly I just heard chip so I just didn't even look at it I think I just kicked it <laughs> so 
no, I'll give that to Max Scott. <laughs> Are you looking forward to getting back into the bottom of your side and, and kind of pushing on for the British and Irish Cup places? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I think we've definitely secured our, our place in the, in the um, top half of the league, so I really think we can push on. Maybe not build on today's performance, but last week we played really well and weeks before that we've had some really good uh, performances, if not the results have gone our way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to get back involved in the side and push, hope to push on for the rest of the season. Excellent. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. On Saturday morning, Simon, it was one of those days when I sort of thought we might come away with three wins on Saturday. You know, the one's away to Heriots, the two's equally away to Heriots, and ahead of them in the league, and then the Bears at home to Last Wade. Admittedly, Last Wade's second team, but nonetheless, Last Wade, a team we should beat. Um, the twos seemed to start very well from what we could see. From what we could see, it looked like they'd scored a couple of drives. I mean, I don't know whether that is the case, but it certainly looked like they crossed the line. It certainly looked on. to start very well early on, but uh, in the end, they just couldn't seem to keep it going. Um, and I was speaking to one or two of the players. They sort of said, oh, the referee didn't let the game flow. Fair enough, maybe he didn't, but Linton Brink said it. I was speaking to Linton afterwards. He just said, look, you know, we can't blame the referee. Blame ourselves. We didn't win that game. We should have. I think one thing that is, to an extent, evident throughout the club is is Borromeo have a difficulty in playing to the referee, in learning the referee on the day and playing to what he's giving and not giving. Absolutely agree with you. you I mean, there's been... People over the years have said this particular referee doesn't like Buttermure, this particular referee doesn't like Buttermure, and every club says that. But for some reason we don't seem to adapt to the way yeah. the referee yeah. is refereeing the game. Whether we agree with him or not is absolutely irrelevant. But if he's being quick on not releasing in the tackle... Then let go of the bloody ball! But if he's being lax on hands in the ruck then stick those hands in there and take full advantage of it. Yeah, and we and don't I, seem to do that. And it sounds like that was one of the major problems for the second. Certainly that was the impression I got with speaking to people on the touchlines and people who'd been on the pitch that uh, they probably didn't play the referee very well and suffered because of that. So it was quite de- I was quite depressed by the time I got home, you know, I've seen two defeats. And I thought... Oh, Bugger this, you know, the Bears will probably have lost as well. Well, I'm sorry, lads, because you <laughs> didn't. <laughs> the Bears had a tremendous win. They won 33-17, I believe it was, against Last Wade. And, uh, you know, that's a, it's a really good result that keeps them up there towards the top of the league. And, you know, there's a fantastic result to bounce back from the, the pretty heavy defeat they'd had the previous week. Yes. Um, you know, and second in the league... Behind, I think they're only two points behind Gala, and they're playing a and they're playing a number of second fifteens, a number of second fifteens, which is hugely difficult. I I can't sing the praises of the of the Bears highly enough. They've been absolutely fantastic this year. Absolutely, and they seem to have unearthed a few more players as they do every year. Um, they've got a young centre Neil Armstrong, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's got his nickname. We won't bother with that, but. Uh, He's scoring tries. Uh, Jamie Tuig on the wing is scoring. But also they've got a young back rower, Joe Whitworth, who, according to match reports, certainly had a superb game, won the Man of the Match award, and uh, 
I think Mark Green described him as a, a typical open side flanker, which is uh, a, certainly a at that level. Bugger. Yeah, <laughs> and certainly at that level of the game is absolutely what you need. Uh, just just to comment on referees, as I'm sure many people know, Mark always uh, puts the referee watch in his match reports, and it's fair to say the Bears probably have managed the situation with referees well, um, although patently they prefer Edinburgh society referees to borders <laughs> referees because uh, a referee always seems to get a write-up when he's an Edinburgh referee and perhaps the borders play a slightly different style of rugby. I, I think it's always going to be the suspicion amongst kind of the city teams that the borders referees have it in for them just because as you say they referee the game in a different style they, they've yeah. grown up playing a very very different style of rugby because you know Scotland's a small country but it is quite significant the changes in style as you move around the country yes it is but uh, you know the Bears seem to be doing well this season doing very well this season and uh, long may it continue because the way they're going you know it's it's great to see and it's great when maybe the ones or the twos lose although the twos haven't lost that much this season but at least you know looking forward to the Bears result is always uh, <laughs> is always good well, after this final brief musical interlude, we'll be back with a look at next week's games. OK, well, next week sees the final match in the uh, first half of Premier One. Um, it's not quite as tense as we might have anticipated because, uh, you know, the split is decided. But it's interesting just before we talk about the match, to look at the eight teams that will be in Premier A, there's uh, two Borders teams in Melrose and Gala, only two Edinburgh teams in Boromir and Curry, and then four teams from around the country. From the West Coast, we've got Ur, we've got Dundee, we got Stirling, and we got Aberdeen. And I was very interested in a comment that Ian Rankin had made after Dundee beat Hawks. He was commenting not so much on the fact that Dundee won. I mean, obviously, he said, yeah, we're great. We loved it. It was great. But he was actually saying, you know, look at the strength of rugby north of the central belt. You've got three teams there. You've got Dundee, you've got Sterling, you've got Aberdeen. And that's Caledonia is probably the best represented region I, I, now I, I, in Premier A. I think it's fantastic for, for Caledonia rugby to see those, those three teams in there. It's been a while since that region has been strong. I and Aberdeen had a good run under Damien Reedy a few years yeah. ago, and Sterling are obviously historically the most successful team from that that region. But to see the three of them in there, and as you say, they're now the most represented um, area of the country in in Premier A. That that's, that can only be good for the game um, in Caledonia and good for the game in the country as a whole. Well, absolutely, and um, you'll have to go up there. <laughs> Next week on Saturday when we travel up to Rubislaw to play Aberdeen. And I must admit, I was speaking with George Clark, the president, earlier in the season. And George said to me, I would hate to have to go to Rubislaw on the last day needing points. And I am pleased that we don't. However, inconsistency. <laughs> inconsistency, 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 as, as we said at the top. Um, yeah, Aberdeen, we've had some very, very good results up there and we've had some desperate desperate days and it's a long long drive back when you've when you've lost a game up there so um, we better not lose <laughs> but as you say the, the inconsistency means that 
it's a tough one to call. Aberdeen have had good results. We've had good results. We're coming off the back of a poor game, which could well mean that we have a good week in training, the boys are all switched on, and we go up there and, and put in a really good performance and, and come away with five points. Who knows? It's difficult to say. I think perhaps an easier prediction is the uh, second 15 away to Hillhead Jordan Hill, who've been struggling somewhat this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if they have won a game yet, but... They've certainly been, you been, know, been under very the soft. You know, um, um, I never particularly enjoyed going to play at Hewland, didn't I? <laughs> but I think the twos will, will go and, and get they a win will, there. They will be certainly looking to go for a win. I mean, they're still right up at the uh, top of the league. They're, I think, in third position. And, you know, the league title is still very much open. So they'll be looking for a win and looking for five points if they can as well. Uh, the Bears, meanwhile, they play Peebles. Um, again, as we said earlier, it's a second 15. It's a Peebles 2s um, down at the Geits. So, a tough game. It's going to be a very, very tough game for the for the Bears. Um, if they can win, if they can kind of keep pace with Gala, that would be an incredible achievement. Um, well, I think Peebles are just below them in the league. So, so it's, it's going to be a, be it's going to be a, a massive game. But, but given that they are second in the league this far into the season... There's no reason why they need fear. People. Oh, There's absolutely no reason why not. they need go down in any other mindset than we're going to go there and we're going to win the game. Well, I think so. I mean, they've got a good team spirit. They've got some good players playing well. So they can travel absolutely in hope. Well, we'll be back next week with a review of all the action that happened. Thanks very much.